0: Tonight on, stop looking at me. Okay. <laughs> Tonight on Pot Psychology, we interview Melissa Beck from the Real World New Orleans. You're <laughs> looking <laughs> one eye. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Beck from Real World New Orleans. Oh no, from the Real World Homecoming New Orleans. And here's our new theory. Killing <laughs> it. This is wait. All that and more on <laughs> Bot <laughs> Psychology with your hosts, Rich and Tracy. And here's our new theme song.
1: It's Tracy, Egan, Morrissey, and Rich Juz. we act too.
2: Let's smoke some weed, it's pot Psychology.
0: That theme song was written by a listener named Peyton.
2: Written and performed.
0: Written and performed. And we sent him a bong because we liked it. If you write us a theme song and we like it, we will send you a bong and we will play it. A uh, bong for a song. Bong so for a song. Email us at P O T P S Y C H at gmail.com. psych right. at gmail.com.
2: Yeah. Um. So everybody's rolling, right?
0: We're all, and we clapped. We're good.
2: That's right. That's right. We did that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Okay. So okay. y'all are really high, high. Okay.
2: Nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it just we'll walk through it, you know. All we'll right, just, you know, you're a professional. I feel like you. I feel like this is part of like what you do, basically. Yeah. It, I, and being an interviewee is a real skill, right?
3: Listen, I, I have somehow sorted it out. Only just now I realized that I have been in narrator mode probably most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> get that until people pointed it out to me. They're like, oh, wow, you're really narrating the show. I was like, I am? Oh,
0: You cool. are. It's good, though. And, and thank you're, God.
2: But you're doing that because you're so good at it. Like the person, like reality TV, the person who narrates, people who narrate, it's because they're good, because they're useful to the story yeah, and because they're clear and because they say funny things. As a producer. So that's the ultimate compliment, I would think, as a participant in a reality show to be like guiding the story.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, thank you Greek so much. Chorus. You're killing it. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, being on a reality show, even just in general, um, you know, seeing the way that reality television, the direction that it's gone, receiving any compliment is good
1: because <laughs> wants to be on a reality show. <laughs> right.
3: it, Wait, we should talk about the show she's on. Yeah, what we're doing. Yes.
2: Well, we should introduce. <laughs> yeah, we should say who you are. Melissa yeah. Beck. Living legend.
0: Nay Howard.
2: Yes. <laughs> Real World New Orleans, which was, is that the 10th
0: season? It was 10, right? It was the ninth, the ninth, ninth okay. season. What was ten.
3: Vegas, ten was back to New York.
2: Back to New oh, York, as it New would York. be. Um, wait. So did I? Did I, I? think that that was that introduction kind of just waned. I think I have to actually. Like, yeah, we have to do say, it. Say okay. <laughs> so, like hi. We're here, <laughs> and our guest today is Melissa Beck, who you know we all got to know and love through the Real World New Orleans, and now is on Real World. Homecoming, newer. I'm sorry. Yes, that's a terrible thing I do when I record is click things. Like, yeah. I, did you notice? Yeah, on there, you're clicking re, re, a pen. Yeah, they are yeah. for like five minutes. <laughs> click, 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 click. Sorry.
0: But we still didn't really introduce the show.
2: Okay, then you try it. <laughs> well, because it. we okay. didn't
0: say real world homecoming. Okay, now how do y'all know each other?
2: We went to College. school together, NYU. That Very so long crazy. time ago.
3: Because rich Jews, we act. Do you understand, like, 4-4-dot four, four was my shit.
2: I, I love to hear it. That okay, feels we'll It feels like a life ago, you know? But it certainly led me to where I am today, without a doubt.
3: How many pairs of glasses do you have? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many. It's wrong.
2: It's these ones I, are
3: good. They
0: have like little red
3: yeah, my, think striped think triangle
0: are, things on the side. They're cute.
3: Thank you. These are brand new. Yesterday, I just picked them. Oh! You know what I like to do? What I do is I go online Find every pair of glasses that I liked when they came out at the time. They'll uh-huh. eventually, at some point, go on sale. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. And so you just to have to organize. Or yeah. So I just grab them, and mm-hmm. then when I'm ready to put my prescription in them, I do that.
2: One of my favorite moments was a subtle thing in in Real World Homecoming, so far, when um you were you were really heavy beefing with Julie, or just like super not liking her, and she was like kissing your ass at a brunch. And, uh, and then you were like, oh, you could get Dita glasses, which I totally would have been like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> listen, I love that brand. Listen,
1: and and because, I
2: know they're precious, you know?
3: <laughs> because the thing about Dita is the hardware is so good. And if yeah. you're a glasses person and you're on and off and you're on and off, like yeah. I treat my glasses without much care because they are a part of my face. Like I have to use them every day. Like I would use my nose.
2: So yeah. it's just
3: a constant wrangling and the ditas are the only ones i've ever had where they don't get loose i'm not constantly you know fussing with them and taking that little baby screwdriver and tightening things like it's exactly. a real um phenomenon so like and dita ain't cheap so i was like hold on a second yeah. exactly yeah, you me. <laughs> exactly
2: i could have gotten
3: these at wholesale wow wow okay that adds color to the problem exactly uh, yeah.
2: now, <laughs> now we're talking literally <laughs> okay <laughs> um no very relatable i love dita as well i have a pair of sunglasses that i bought now six years ago uh that are aviators they're like one of the flight they're in the flight series and they look as immaculate as they did the day that i bought them they hold up so well um if you take care of them they take care of you and now yeah, it's penny and now it's pennies on that. the dollar yeah <laughs> right you know right so, because if you're figuring out your
3: cpw cost per wear mm-hmm. listen it's it's hard when you're in there and you're about to spend the 12 hondo or whatever it is mm-hmm. but then seven and eight years later you're like i did that i did right. that for right
2: and, and they're still there <laughs> and working so yeah you know it pays to pay more
3: sometimes yep. sometimes sometimes <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did we properly no, introduce this? No, we still this? didn't say homecoming. Yikes.
3: Okay. So now <laughs> 22 Don't hear podcast, later. <laughs> I'm not understanding.
2: <laughs> we kind so, of feel our way through. <laughs> we're, we're still every learning. time, every <laughs> we're time it's get there. new we're and different.
0: Get there. <laughs> so, 22 years later, Melissa's now on The Real World uh no, I'm sorry, it's called Homecoming. No, what's it called?
2: The Real World Homecoming. The
0: Real World Homecoming New Orleans.
2: Yes. The Third season yes. in the homecoming series, and yeah. obviously the best. best so far. It's really. a great show, but um, it sucks it's you guys gotten... aren't in
0: the same house, but it doesn't even feel like it, like it doesn't even matter because you're all there. Yeah, all the people are there. I
3: actually, I, I, when they told us that we weren't getting the original Belfort house, I actually was like kind of happy about that just because, like, going back into the process in general was scary, you know, like, imagine. Mm-hmm. Watching, like I understood from watching the first two seasons of Homecoming that they were going to put us on this couch and have us watch the show. And like mm-hmm. many of us have not interacted with that 20 year old footage of ourselves in decades.
1: Mm-hmm. I did
3: not rewatch the show before going back on there. I was just raw dogging it like I had in my mind what they were probably going to approach. But I didn't need to see all that. I didn't need to see baby Melissa with no dental acting all crazy. <laughs> self-awareness. Like, you know, thanks. I, I did a lot of work to get here. I'm good. Yeah. So I also felt like going back into the original house would unlock a different layer of trauma. So when mm-hmm. they said it was a different house, I was like, okay, mm. okay, because you know, I got feng shui things. <laughs> I needed to go in there with a the smudge stick.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, especially I mean, New Orleans is a very enchanted city. You know, it's yes. ma- there's magic there. Yeah. So yes, and you
3: know, memories live in your body, and things could happen, and and I was like. You know, like get me in the new space. That's mm-hmm, fine. So mm-hmm. it, it, it worked out and it was a prettier. I thought it was less tacky. It was prettier.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 It seemed like it. Yes. You know, going back and watching it. What? But I
0: Like you said, though, at that time, I loved that style. I, every oh, totally. time there was a new real world house, it was like, oh, what's it going to look like? And then when you guys walk through and you're like, oh, my God, it just always looked so cool to me. It was like the height of interior design to me.
3: Same. Just like all the those those awful art deco chairs that that round <laughs> kitchen, like so much of it looking back is like super ugly. But in the time capsule for the time frame that it was, it was like high art.
0: Oh, absolutely. I totally. mean, it would
3: definitely be on one of those like Instagram pages that are dedicated to shitty interior design. now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but back then it was gorgeous. <laughs>
0: were so you said you were scared going going in did that like drop away when you saw danny like but are you still scared after because like you had like a, it was more of like a softening for you to go in because like you guys kind of went into the house together instead of like you know just showing up on the doorstep
3: yeah i think um like when i say scared i mean um um from the time we started getting the phone call to even mm-hmm. check our availability for this thing all Mm. the way to living in the hotel a week prior to moving in. So, like, they don't explain this on the show, but we were put in quarantine in a hotel for a week. Oh, wow. Uh, We could not communicate with each other. All of our food was delivered to us, and it was kind of like a time. I think, you know, it was packaged as COVID protocol, but looking back on it now, I'm realizing that, it was time to get us quiet and in the right headspace and to be excited to move into the house because we had been in this hotel mm. for so long, but what they didn't know about me, what they didn't account for is a motherfucker loves to be alone in a hotel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I could have been in quarantine another two
1: years. Sounds nice. Yeah. You could read great. a book.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't like itching to get out and move into the house. And like every now and again, like they assigned you a runner. So like you had a person who would get you your coffee or get you your food or any other requests that you had. And, Every now and again, they check in and me. Melissa, you sure are quiet. Do you need anything? I'm like, listen, I'm in here. I don't have kids. I
1: don't have my husband.
3: I'm in here having a great time. Okay. It's Depeche Mode in this bitch. I'm enjoying the silence. Um,
1: <laughs> so
3: uh, I spent that time really just like meditating, eating my gummies, sitting in the quiet, and just being like, you know what? Because I had spent so much time Before going into the house, you know, like in the contract phase and in the packing phase, worried about all the bad things that could happen that I didn't think about all the good things that could happen. Mm -hmm. So, like,
1: Mm -hmm. you
3: know, um, going back, I'm a private person now. I, uh, you know, I go to Costco on Thursday. I don't I'm not out there in the world with people having opinions about me. And when I was on TV back then, there was no Internet.
1: Mm -hmm. There was no Twitter.
3: There was no easy access for you to be like, fuck you, bitch. Like that did not (laughs) exist. And so like part of the fear was like, oh shit, I'm going to go back into the world when we're in this time.
2: Yeah. Where Mm
3: -hmm. you can easily have access to people you don't like. And I was like.
2: They have access to you.
3: Yeah. Well, I I got a lot of boundaries. That's (laughs) That's
2: good. That's good. Um, What are the, can you tell me what the boundaries are? Because I have boundaries too.
3: Oh, big time boundaries. Um, People are like, why are your comments on Instagram off? Because as much as a a nice comment is, that's Mm -hmm. great. But like, I don't need to be bathed in, you know, an onslaught of you're so awesome. This is so great. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Mm -hmm. But I also like cannot live in that space. I got to I got to stay present. I have like kids to raise and I got shit to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And also like. I was an egomaniac 22 years ago. After I came off the show, I had to like go to a lot of therapy to figure out why I made that choice and like what it is to become self-aware and what it is to you know um, survive an ego death. So mm. um,
2: <laughs> how did you? How <laughs> did Yeah. How did, you, rich yeah, how did you did you actually experience ego death? Like like psychedelically, or are you talking about more like sort of like that? You know, in waking life, your ego death.
3: Yeah, I just mean like. I think after I came off of that show and I, and I had to figure out who I am, not as Melissa from the real world, even though I have put myself in a box where I am going to be Melissa from the real world Mm forevermore. I had to like sit, stop everything. Like I left LA at the four or five year mark of chasing that thing Mm -hmm. because I was like, what does this mean? I kind of did have like an existential crisis in a way where I was just like, I don't know that this is the path my life would have take had I not done this show. And I also don't know if there's anybody specific that can help me because reality TV and exposing yourself to millions of people's opinions is not a thing that anybody could understand at the time. So a lot of it was just, you know, reading books and then also, you know, hopping from therapist to therapist. So I could say, do you understand the help that I need to where I wasn't having to educate them first? Mm hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Did you, you know, find somebody
2: I, who like specialized in media and that kind of a thing or just I actually
3: ended up in New York. Um I had a friend, the first gay contestant on Big Brother, my mm. friend Bill mm. Michael. Mm. He had a therapist and he was like, I mean, he's cool. Um, he mostly does gay guys, but mm. I mean
1: you <laughs> kind of <laughs> can kind of see it actually, yeah. what you described.
3: And, <laughs> and he was like, Go there, see if he can help you. And he was wonderful. I, I did a lot of sessions with him. Um and then from there, you know, I kind of just started to get the language and the framework to um, you know, sit with that discomfort. But part of it was, you know, moving to Long Island and you know, caring more about where Mary Jo Butterfuco got shot in the face then what someone's saying about me on a message board. <laughs> so, uh, um, fair. <laughs> Same. <laughs>
2: also, Justin is so hot.
3: Yeah, I know. It's, I know. He's,
2: I know. <laughs> and he's preserving himself well. That's really important and good. He's probably,
3: is he still straight edge? Yes. Wow. That's the craziest. Yeah. That's my, the, secret. So that's if the it's, secret. If it's fun and it's, um, enjoyable and you would like it, he's not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't eat meat, he doesn't smoke weed, mm-hmm. he doesn't drink alcohol, he's just like, you know, he wants, when he dies, he wants his tombstone to read He Never Lied. Like, he's just a good stand-up Long Island hardcore guy and he's so fucking hot. Yeah. It's
1: um, <laughs> a good combination.
3: Yeah, and so I just, I got a really good one like when I had my first child I want to say the day, I think the second day that we came home, he hands me an envelope. He's like, oh, I started our kid's college fund. And so like every kid that I've ever had, he like starts their little 529 as like the day we leave the hospital. It's a thing he does. He's just a really good human. And um, I was just so lucky to have found my person.
0: My ex-boyfriend was in a band with your husband, but it's like an ex-boyfriend from my 20s from a long time ago.
3: Don't say Sons of Abraham. Yes. (laughs) Which one?
0: The porn guy,
3: <laughs> the one that owns the brothel. <laughs> yeah, wait, does he have a brothel, a brothel? now? Hold on a second. I mean, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah,
2: it <laughs> sense. It's got to be well, him, right?
3: Well, you know, New York hardcore guys—they they go in crazy directions. They either move to India and become Hare Krishnas, or they start owning brothels, or they start suicide girls, or they yeah,
1: are, yeah. you know,
3: start burning up squares burning like Justin Beck. You never angel.
0: know. I haven't, but he has a fake names, though. I've and he never did social media, which I love about him. So I've never, I never really knew what was happening after we broke up.
3: Oh, I'm going to ask Justin Beck because Justin <laughs> Beck, you know, Long Island, um, Long Island geography is so specific. He's going to yeah. know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. That's also weird. Like when people find out I'm married to Justin Beck from Glassjaw, it's kind of like where the fuck would they have ever met
0: Melissa? Mm. From
2: the yeah, Red how Girls. did you guys meet? <laughs> well, you were hanging out with rock stars, right? Bands. I was,
3: I needed um I needed an online store for the little artwork mm. that I was doing on that's the show. That's how you met their merch direct through Mer- Yes, <laughs> merch direct. And so he at the time had two clients. It was Glassjaw and brand new. Wow. And uh, a uh, friend introduced right. us. And he was like, um, "Well, she doesn't really do music, but she's on MTV." And <laughs> was like, okay, but what what's she gonna do? What does she set like? Who? What is this? And then I remember the show started marathoning, and I was selling those print sets and. My store crashed their little merch direct Mm. server. They were in a little tiny storefront in Belmore next to a Dunkin' Donuts and a laundromat. And they were like, yo, who the fuck is this girl? (laughs) And then um, I was his client for like four years. And then after, you know, the show started to die down and it wasn't a conflict of interest, he was basically like, so like, do you want to fuck? And I was like, yes. (laughs) I mean, yes.
0: (laughs) I love that you guys met through his company.
3: Yeah, and, like, at the time, nobody was doing merch for bands like that. Nobody was doing online integration and, and like, art supply and all of that stuff. So he was kind of, like, a pioneer in that world and um, took a chance on me. Mm. And it just, like, opened up doors and avenues. So, like, I really do have to thank him for that. And my friend Lionel, who was on the show, he was the one that was like, you got to monetize. And, like, back then, we, you know, we... This was before influencers and TikTok and Instagram. Mm-hmm. There was you were just Melissa from the Real World and you hoped for the best and you know, you would go and you would try to get a job somewhere, but then you were Melissa from the Real World. So mm-hmm. like you could either pursue more television, even though they weren't taking you seriously out there as a result of you being Melissa from the Real World, or you could try to monetize and trade on your likeness that you didn't no longer any longer own it was a weird time so Mm. that online store kind of like paid my bills for a minute like thank you you used to do college (laughs) tours right yeah so i um after the show i was approached by a guy uh named brian monaco and he had started like a little tiny boutique agency and it was you know his thing was you you have a message you have something to say and he approached me and danny Mm -hmm. So Danny and Danny was doing like the LGBTQ front and I was doing like the anti-racism front. And so we would get booked to do these gigs. And, you know, it was that too was for a time all that there really was to do because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I had, I had, I had been working at a, a nursing home litigation firm in Tampa. And I remember I did the show. I went back home to Tampa, uh, for like a week and i'm sitting there in my little cubicle you know like i'm still melissa from the real world and i remember my boss at the time came and he was like hold on a second are you the little girl from the office that went on the tv i was like yeah and he was like um why are you here and i was like i'm <laughs> doing my job and he was like uh no this man who was my boss he was like a partner in the firm his name was on the door was like uh get your shit Go figure out Los Angeles. I'm going to ship your car there. I'm going to pay your first and last month's rent. Go. Get out of here. And he did. And it was just like one of those things where like people are brought into your life and like push you out into the world at the time that they're supposed to do that. And um, he did. And that's how I ended up out there. But then I got out there and it was like every meeting would go great. You know, are you Melissa from the real world? Yes. Oh, my God. We'd love to meet you. We sit there. We meet. I'm, I We're doing jokes. Everybody's <laughs> saying how great I am. I'm like, yeah. And then. So, then you don't get the job. And then why didn't you get the job? Well, because you're Melissa from the real world. Okay, so we just took this whole ass meat and foot mm.
1: Um,
3: So, that's where the college lecture things came in because that was like a true way for us to pay our bills, which was crazy. So, three, four, five years after real world, my whole life was just, you know, getting on a plane and going to all of the middles of America, you know, Yakima, Washington bizarre places in Ohio and just talking to kids who loved the real world so the whole and think about how Mm. that shapes who you are so like the whole time I'm trying to figure out who I am but I'm still talking about this one thing I did one choice that I made so it was a weird time I mean don't get me wrong I wouldn't take it back Justin Beck is in my life as a result but it was a crazy time yeah yeah yeah
2: (laughs) I've had, I have so many thoughts. Uh,
3: Please give them to me. I, cause I feel like both of you, I have, now we're going to get into the weird part of this interview.
2: Okay. Um, Let's go. Everybody's edible kicked in.
3: Everybody's, <laughs> <edible's> <laughs> kicked in. everybody's edible
2: kicked
1: in. Great.
3: I feel like there's, we have a weird and specific Venn diagram of, um, like I have watched y'all's careers grow from, you know, internet, people i guess if that's what you know people who share thoughts online that are really um profound observations that are like yo what the fuck totally yeah that (laughs) like you (laughs) (laughs) i mean tracy with ie your instagram breakdowns like my brain does that too so like when you Broke down Jamila that one time. I was like, whoa, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, though. That's what, that's, why does nobody see what I'm talking about? Yes, uh, that. Um,
2: I think that's a case of real recognizing real.
3: Uh, yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so for, for both of y'all, like just, you know, and I was I was around reading all the gawkers and the this and the that. So it's like you have to be a person who's very online to yeah. understand how this brain works. And so I have been that. So I never really went anywhere. I just, you know, stepped back and I've been lurking this whole time. So like I am also no, and, uh, yeah, honored I've, to
2: be here. And I've seen the I mean, like I've I've followed you too. I
3: read your blog.
0: I read your
2: blog, yeah, read the, your, blog the, the online I mean to week, me you're I an online presence.
0: Your, your wedding pictures. You had oh, like you. tiger print shoes. I thought that was so I, cool. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> but I also yeah, like but, I got, I got like, so I found your blog, I guess, um, after you were on the challenge. And then that's like how I got hooked. And I've read, I mean, when did you stop doing I've read that for a long time after you stopped yeah. doing that. I mean, after I you weren't the on the challenge for, or anything.
3: I did the blog for a good eight years. Yeah, it was, I was it definitely was eight at eight Jezebel
0: when what, still reading it.
3: Yeah, I remember the Jezebel days. <laughs> I remember all y'all, all y'all. Like, this is like such a a crazy time and like it's weird because you live on the internet and you know people but you don't know people
1: right you know what i'm saying like yeah. i would just
3: never bust up in y'all's dms and be like yo you read my shit the other day like why would i do that but i yeah. but i did read your shit the other day um <laughs> you know so it's like uh well, it, I don't know. You know it's, it's nice. That I, it's, you guys are an online presence. And so I just want to say I have read your work over the years and I have loved your work. So thank you for having me on your show. That's the weird part of this that we'd like to get out of the way.
2: Okay. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> the feeling is absolutely mutual. Absolutely. I, I just think you're a trailblazer. And like, do you think it's right? Like re, watching this show and especially I mean, I because I, you know, I didn't watch New Orleans to with with that m- I like knew I was aware of it, but I didn't watch all of it, you know, Um, at the time because I go through phases where I'm like snobby about stuff, you know what I mean? Like I had like I haven't seen really any of the blockbusters between '95 and '97. There are like so many that like I either still haven't seen like Titanic, Deep Impact. uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, so many. What was uh, Independence Day? Armageddon. Well, no, I I did see it, but like two years ago for the first time or something. Yeah, yeah. So. I am Uh, the
3: same way. Dude, you think I like to tell people that I don't know anything about Harry Potter? I don't.
2: Right, exactly. (laughs) You know, I mean, I've never seen Titanic Is something few people can say.
3: (laughs) I don't listen to the Beatles.
2: Right, right. Sure, yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, but like, I'm, I'm very specific about what I do consume. And then what course. I do consume is usually niche, weird shit.
2: Of course. And and, and it <laughs> doesn't there's no not necessarily rhyme or reason there either. It's just like, you know, you're just getting through. This is a very long premise, a preface to a question about. Watching the, now watching the season and watching clips from the season again on Real World Homecoming um, to see you. Popularizing a kind of academic speak of, race, of race theory. I mean, I don't uh, would, critical race theory, probably right. I mean, years
0: before. I mean, it was first of all ever said on television alone.
2: Well, MTV. Let's say I, I watched a lot of MTV, and I never heard anybody talk like that before. Yeah, you know that I could tell. Um, Kevin so happening a BT the, probably to a certain degree, but not even maybe that explicitly. Actually, Kevin
0: Pri- from season one. Kevin from he, season one, but he didn't. Um, it wasn't in the like he didn't have the language. I don't think the language had been invented yet. Like privilege I as, as yeah. a
2: popular thing that people talked about wasn't yeah. necessarily in the vernacular. In, in 92 to that, I mean, there, it was certainly in academia, but it hadn't crossed over. And when it was crossing over is actually when you did it. Yeah. You, have, have you noticed this? <laughs> like, what, yeah. do, you, have yeah. any, do Listen, you feel this way? Do you feel like maybe I inspired a, a lot of people to, to think in these terms?
3: I, I don't know that I inspired anything, but I do know that when I came at that time in my life, I, I had just graduated from college and I was, <clears throat> I majored in journalism and I minored in black studies. So I was in a space where I was consuming that academia. Mm -hmm. And then I was also trying to apply it to my biracial ass life, having Mm -hmm. grown up in the white South. So like for me, it was me figuring out my identity in, in, in a kind of vulnerable, sloppy place out loud happening in front of a camera, not realizing, oh, this is going to go out into the world mm-hmm. and it's going to have a ripple effect. But also the world might not be ready for that. So when I was having those conversations on the show, most of which ended up on the cutting room floor, which is crazy mm-hmm. because the conversations that did end up on the show, which we I discussed in the past episode, um, those conversations warranted just a wall of hate toward mm-hmm. me because That's... we weren't ready to have those discussions. And so a lot of my memory of being on the show became clouded by the experience of having people Mm -hmm. hate me for calling a thing a thing.
1: Mm -hmm. So
3: when I went underground and went away and then also used just my writing as my platform where like, there was a time where you could not, where did Melissa go? There was no picture of me. It was just my words. And that was specific. That was a choice. And it was, you are going to get the nuanced picture of me because I was very young and not smart and gave away control of my own narrative. And mm-hmm. so this in the written word is me telling you what I am and who I am and what I do. Um, But the, it was a it was a hard slog, you know, like it, I I was exhausted from it and also sad about it. Like I was like, wow, I, you really can't say that. Like I, don't, I didn't think it was that crazy to say
2: (laughs) nor was it because when you watch when now in the context where like this has become part of the conversation you're clearly i mean i think it's probably easier to hear you now 22 years later for people who don't think about this stuff Mm -hmm. to whatever degree than it was then and uh, but that's like that's you know that's the iconoclast burden you know Uh, yeah culture catches up and and right you know
3: and and i feel like that's been kind of like That's kind of been where where I've been plugged into pop culture all this time. Kind of just in in this great in-between. So I I came right before there was social media. I came right before we were talking about this stuff. And so I have just been kind of floating in this ether of people not knowing yet. And now they do. And the crazier part is they do now. And I'm also like still just wanting to go to Costco. Like, I don't necessarily yeah. want to do anything with it, yeah. you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you just made the point of, of doing this like right on the cusp, you know, right before social media. And, and, and you also said that you experienced a wall of hate as a result of the way that you talked about race on the show. What did that wall of hate look like in a pre-social media world?
3: Yeah. Like if you if you wanted to tell me that I was the actual racist, um, because that was, they loved that. I right. was the racist, Malipsa, M E L I P. Are you kidding me? And I'm just like, wow, okay, but look at me now, y'all buying these. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you would have to physically write a letter to Buna Murray. Because right. they would keep our physical fan mail and like send it to us. You would have to physically write a letter. to wow. So I would get actual mail. But you also, we also had a, uh, a, an email account set up.
2: Yes. Yes, and they would right. they would
3: send send that email to us. But there also was that dreaded MTV message board. All right. Remember, it was like super tiny digital letters. Yes. And it was just like a, and it was a box in a box in a box. And like, if you lost your place, oh, fuck. But they could do running. It was like a, a chat room back then. And they could do running commentary while they were watching the show. So. Part of getting the hate mail was my own fault, because if you wanted to to, to take the temperature of the room and how mm-hmm. people were receiving you and how you were being perceived, you had to physically go out there and figure it out. You had to go to a message board, television without pity. You had to log in. You had to mm-hmm. say you were you.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. had to read everything. So mm-hmm.
3: at that time, you know, because the 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 World Wide Web was so new, and I was newly a famous person, of course I was curious about how yeah. people um, were, uh, you know, engaging with my online. Uh, Presence and persona and so that a lot of It was my own fault because I could have just avoided it And not heard it you know mm. like it wasn't like A thing where I was walking down the street and people were like Fuck you, was like that didn't that ever happen
2: <laughs> Did, Never any confrontations in person
3: Never wow well, that's, that's good never happened, That's no. nice
2: that's good that no good. that never Happened
3: but, but I also I, like Stayed in the house a lot
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've like, had people you know, come up to me you know I've had negative interactions with people before As a result of my work in, in person So I, and i, I and i can't i can't lucky, even i feel like
3: yeah i would hate that i would yeah. hate that just because i also have to think about personal space you know like yeah. oh,
2: totally wow. and it's also I just really- like to me it's just like like what you you think like i'm gonna give you attention when you're like acting like that you know what i mean like you're not worth you're literally not worth my time like every second that passes is one closer to my death why would i bother with you you know what i mean like you i have to yeah, engage with this no it's just like it, is, come come with the approach you know what and I and mean? not
3: just that like this is grown folk shit like you yeah. negative energy and that type of shit like you are not entitled to my personhood you are not entitled to my light you are not entitled to my joy i only put my body where the fuck i want my body to be why why is this happening
0: why, yeah
1: what yeah um, exactly
0: but <laughs> i you're right it is something that you grow into learning because like when I first was online and I started doing things online, like I was fascinated with like people interacting with my stuff and like commenting and I would read all the comments and it took me a long time to stop reading comments. It's like, but that was the best thing. That i ever did but of i course. know that like feeling of like going to look for stuff you know like yeah. and knowing like i shouldn't be doing this oh, but, but then I, like doing yes. it i think
2: it's more common to do it than to not do it if you have any kind of online profile i know because i take a very no comments approach And, you know, the comments that I do see, I think Twitter figured out that I wasn't into that because it's weird. Sometimes I'll see a tweet that was sent to me that that was like fighting words Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't show up. Somehow Mm -hmm. Twitter learned that I don't want to engage with that. And it won't even be in my mentions when someone sends it to me and I'm not filtering for like friends or anything. I think that's interesting. Um, No,
3: but to what Tracy was saying, It is a learned response. And yeah. I was mm-hmm. an early adopter of no comment. So Princess Melissa, mm-hmm. at all times, the comments were disabled. Mm-hmm. You wanted to have something to say to me. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't because um, <clears throat> I was fearful of that that commentary. It wasn't that. It was that if you want to have something to say to me, I'm going to make it so that you have to log into your hotmail.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You
3: will now have to, you know, go in there like your Kermit typewriter and say what you need to say to me. So because I want to see what 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 is the energy that you're going to bring to me if you really want to hate me that bad. And that really just squashed it because hate is such an impulsive thing to do. Mm -hmm. And when it's available and ready for you to do easily, Mm -hmm. that's when they'll do it. But that's even now I'm getting really great response to homecoming which is nice i yeah. i i I am thankful for that i i am loving what the white people who are doing the work and 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 are happy to hear what i have to say this time around i'm loving the people who you know are engaging with just you know my my silly content or whatever it is that i've put onto the show but at the same time it doesn't need to be a part of my everyday life mm-hmm. like mm-hmm.
1: It,
3: it, it's so easy to get into that weird wormhole of uh Gross. And it's Mm -hmm.
1: like,
3: dude, like, let's smoke this spliff and shut the fuck up.
2: (laughs) 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 So does the experience and like all of its sort of like attendant features feel more positive this time around than it did initially?
3: Yeah, dude. And like what's crazy about it is, you know, obviously we we, we have to engage and and do press and, you know, give good looks and stuff to Viacom, Paramount, Beauty Murray, MTV. We got to do all that. But I feel like I, I have been genuinely truthful in that like I feel like there has been a closure I feel like to their credit the people who produce the show have acknowledged their blind spots Mm -hmm. on the first you know go round I feel like um I have been treated with the utmost respect in this process in um you know as an adult you know like they didn't you know, they came strong with with their approach. It wasn't like, hey, guys, want it it wasn't like, hey, you want to jump out of this building for ten thousand dollars? Like <laughs> how to do you on the challenge? It was just like, here's real fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> we want to do some kind of legacy type of television. It's going to be feel good nostalgia. Um, There are going to be hard conversations. We would like to have you participate. And, you know, it's not. The bullshit five thousand dollars that we offered you 20 years ago and i'm yeah. not going to say it's reparations level
2: <laughs> right But <laughs> yeah how comfortable how comfortable are you are are you like giving us a ballpark whatever now i'm really curious yeah
3: me too. listen it was six figures
2: okay. that, wow and, um, good. good
3: yeah well what, six, it was also a, a pandemic week.
0: oh two weeks
3: for two weeks and it was also a pandemic and it was like you want me to come out of my house and i'm Mm -hmm. a shut-in like i don't (laughs) that i'm not i don't like disease Mm
1: -hmm.
3: um if you want me to come out of my house it's we got to talk about real money but we also like i had you know a lot to lose i have a 13 year old kid Mm -hmm. you know and kids these days they get it you know they get on the internet they know Mm -hmm. everything about you i thought i was gonna have like a really strong parenting moment with my 13 year old and i was like listen i've been invited to go do this thing. It's an opportunity. A long time ago, I was on a reality show. I know you don't probably know anything about that. My kid was like staring at me blankly. <laughs> he literally gave me the no one cares. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and she's like, mom, I watched all that shit on YouTube. Like, whatever. <laughs> literally no one cares who watches Paramount. I was like, oh, okay. She was like, so if you go, can I get a new computer? I was like, um, sure.
1: <laughs> so,
3: uh, th- listen, it. it- you know, it. I hate to say this, especially you know we're 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 in a pandemic, and and I don't I don't want to speak to anybody's financial situation, but it wasn't like an easy decision. It wasn't mm. like the six figures, and it was like fuck yeah. I was mm. still sitting there like I feel like I'm kind of owed a little more than this, but um, <laughs> you know. But if you're thinking about what it is for two weeks of work, okay, yeah. Then, and it also you know it does live on forever.
1: That's and, true. And
3: that was where that's yeah. where I was thinking of it because when i went on the show in 2000 the words in perpetuity were in that contract this contract's like 40 pages it 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 basically is a contract of adhesion where Mm -hmm. you know it's a take it or leave it and you know but the dynamic has changed in 2000 five thousand dollars seemed like a lot of money to me and i was happy and i wanted to be there Mm -hmm. in 2022 this amount of money is nice it's cute i got my house pressure washed and painted it looks good out there um (laughs) But, okay, two weeks, fuck it. Let's do it. It was like that. Um, But it was a long, hard process of deciding to do it. And they made it very clear early on that if they didn't get all seven, that the show was a no-go. And so then you also have this weird loyalty to the six other cast members. Mm -hmm. Like, who are you to take this experience away from them? Who are you to take this this financial boon away from them? Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do it because you're scared of, you know perception and shit so like if you could live a no comments life Mm -hmm. and go into this experience like whole and with no expectation to be given anything more than what you give it then go ahead and do it and that's how that came to be i mean don't get me wrong don't think i'm not sitting. i I see the tweets motherfuckers i see that
1: shit
2: but
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know i got armor now
2: (laughs) just to broaden it out you know uh, from the topic of the real world, whatever the, it just goes to show that things talked about on the show are still relevant today. Did you pay any attention to the Kendrick Lamar controversy that occurred upon the release of his album?
3: Um, you know what, like people are tweeting I, about. Do you care about him? Um, I know that there's an F word controversy, and we don't yes. love it.
2: Right. We're well, we're not happy know. about that. Sure. I, I I actually But have, I haven't
3: read about it and I, yeah. I, I haven't engaged with that yet. Yeah. Um because you know what happens on the timeline. If you have a properly curated mm-hmm. timeline,
1: mm-hmm. which I do. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean you have to be on Twitter a long time to understand how to use it right. Yeah. Um if you have a properly curated timeline, which I do, you live in a very healthy political echo chamber.
1: Mm. <laughs> yes of course. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Where there ain't no fuck shit going on in here. Right. I don't I don't i don't get i don't get videos of fucking murders retweeted into my shit because everybody here is acting right mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah yeah so i haven't really seen the discourse but i know that it exists and right. i know when i'm ready to engage with it i can do so in a very safe way but tell me about it
2: well it might be um better actually to let the moment pass because i think of a lot i think a lot of the interpretations which are that you know th- there seems to be like a baseline kind of he said faggot that is why this is bad and what I think this overlooks is several things.
0: Well, let's tell Melissa what the song is. Like, what the, song, so is the song is
2: called? Auntie Diaries, and uh, it's about it's two, two family trans members, family members, a
0: cousin, and uh, well, it's an aunt that's now a man. Okay, it's a so trans man.
2: A trans man. Although uh, my auntie is a man now, mm-hmm. is the first line that he says, which is you know, uh, and certainly not the way that. Uh, the uh, orthodoxy would have you talk about trans people, right? It's coarse Mm -hmm. to say that reason being, this is about his process of understanding these issues and accepting his trans family members and being somebody who says, I mean, specifically the faggot part is him talking about saying the word it's words as words. That's, That's a concept, right? And he's still saying faggot.
0: He's saying how he shouldn't, how he learned not to say that, you know?
2: Which, like, look, hip-hop, and it's less so recently, but, you know, in, in, when I loved hip-hop the most was in the 90s, and Faggot was something that you would inevitably hear. Uh, complete, You know, listen to enough rap albums, and you're going to hear it. Maybe every two rap albums, every three rap albums, you hear it. And to have a song, to have the, the moment go from, like, that just being dropped, and that's, you know, a, a norm, to addressing that word in a rap song as something you shouldn't say is its own little revolution. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Right. And and, and the reason that I uh, there's there is like a more kind of like the reason that I feel that it's it's how it should be held to a different standard in this context than the n-word which like even as a word is word if a, if a white person just said that using like this is what they called this person right would still be controversy. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to say that even in that context. mm mm-hmm. I think, I know, straight men have a very specific relationship with the word faggot. And uh, one line of thinking that I've heard time and time again is it doesn't mean gay guy. It means faggot. And that is a thing that people believe. Now, are they detached from the history? Yes. Should they know where it comes from? Of course, but it's decontextualized, which at bare minimum means straight guys have, a lot of straight guys have an intimate relationship with that word. They've used it, they've been called it, it's part of their vernacular, and it's totally a different sort of ownership. Like, it, it, But it's ownership yes. all the same. you know. And to talk, yes. a, and he's talking about his life. This is what we did.
3: Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, but I also feel like, and so if you're talking about it in in the context of the creation of art and the evolution of knowledge and how words and your use of the words change and how Mm -hmm. you can articulate a lesson by using the controversial word, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. But you Mm -hmm. also have to remember that we live in a time where the headline is just going to be the F word.
2: Oh, totally! Yes.
3: Nobody wants to get into the deconstruction of where he is and what he was coming from, and 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 why he did that. And automatically, and I don't believe in cancel culture. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't like. I, yes. I. I believe in being accountable for stuff. I think that in the world we live in today, with the immediacy of public response, mm-hmm. that was a conversation that he probably should have had. Uh prior to putting the music out
2: part of the, okay. So part of the record is about cancel culture. Exactly. He's pushing back on kind of this, this constriction that he feels. So I would argue that like, you're absolutely right. That is going to be the thing. Mm -hmm. But the, the move here is that Kendrick Lamar is a smart guy. He knows that, but he did it anyway, because he cares more about presenting that nuance than bowing to these norms and like it or not, that is what an artist does. You know, the reason that he the reason people have been tweeting like with this kind of like social justice script, which I understand has its place and would actually generally most of the time follow to a T. I don't want to distract people. So, okay, I'll say it that way, whatever. Um, But the reason that that person is there tweeting that and that Kendrick Lamar is Kendrick Lamar is because he doesn't follow that script because his job as an artist is to write his own script. Yeah. So and, and so, but, listen, but, yeah. but
3: I also believe I also believe in the power of staying in your lane. Sure. Mm. And so I, as a cis het straight lady, boring. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel like I have a a like I would basically read all about it, learn mm-hmm. all about it, and mm-hmm. it's one of those things where when we talk about, you know. Being an ally or or mm-hmm. or doing the work, some of that work is just in shutting the fuck up and and That's to good to, point. to yeah. um to to bring it back to you know the discussion of the show. I've also seen comments on Twitter about people wanting my white castmates to look at me now. Rich is like, hold on, we were talking about the F word, now we better. No, no 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 <laughs> go, do it, do it. no 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 <laughs> please please go there yes um there there's a Speak. conversation about. Um, people talking about, you know, this, this, this desire for my, my white castmates to, um, jump in, uh, in, 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 in my protection
1: mm-hmm. of
3: Tokyo on that particular episode where I'm, where I'm not talking about, uh, an, uh, a thing that ha- I'm talking about optics, which- Also Mm -hmm. is another whole thing that we got to talk about in Mm -hmm. terms of homecoming because that they're allowing us to break the fourth wall and discuss the possibility of a bad thing happening as a result of people opening their mouths in ways that they should not have done it. Is crazy. That is in itself. I like, it. itself. I like that they television. didn't.
2: I know. I like that wild. they didn't
0: edit you out saying I don't like the way that production yeah made this conversation like back on the old show and they they left that in like yeah. they were I know I was blown away
3: too. So I, so listen, I watched the show in real time as you guys watch the show. They don't give yeah. it to us beforehand, which also is cruel. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and and I saw the first glimpse of it on the first episode where I was like, I run the biggest risk here if I have an emotional conversation with you about this, I'm now petty, bitter, angry. Mm -hmm. I was blown away that that made it. And when I said those things out Mm -hmm. loud, I was saying them as a way to like, you here in editing bay,
1: Mm -hmm. understand
3: where I'm going and why I'm staying even keel like this because I I, I learned some things in the 22 years since having been off this show. Y'all not doing me like that again. Mm
1: -hmm. So that was Mm -hmm. just
3: me protecting me. How Mm -hmm. they kept it in is wild. Mm -hmm. And it also is kind of like, the producers of the show acknowledging mm-hmm. without having to walk through the door you know ring the bell and come in and go sorry i did that um <laughs> it's them letting us say it which is amazing i mean I, I actually have never like should i get an outfit ready for the emmys like what the fuck i never <laughs> see that shit like
1: that. um, <laughs> no that's when it's a
0: show so compelling though because it's like it is breaking the fourth wall and it's about the process and it's about how
3: you're perceived which is a huge Part, part of, of the experience.
0: Daily of, calculus.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of any kind of public yeah. living.
3: Yeah, again, and it's 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 taking the artistry of the original intention of reality TV mm-hmm. and putting a mirror to itself and saying, look what happens to these people. There is mm-hmm. actual trauma here. Mm-hmm. Give them the opportunity to explain that to you who have consumed them in all these years. Yes. So for Danny, it was, he became the face of don't ask, don't tell. And he was the motherfucker that wasn't even in the military. Right. Like imagine
1: uh, <laughs> imagine uh, the, the okay. trauma
3: of that. <laughs> so I, I, I'm seeing that there is some commentary about wanting my white roommates to step in mm, and, right. um, you know, uh, add um to the conversation and and there is something to be said about white people being able to hear a message about racism and about perception of racism um and being more amenable to that message if it comes from another white mouth however Mm -hmm. i also feel that there is power in shutting the fuck up i also feel that there is power in listening and i did not actually need help in those conversations, you didn't. I felt like I got this. Like I mean, at one point, I even you know put my hand in front of Tokyo and was like, B- "Bitch, let me talk. I got you." Yes, um, right, 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 right. So I don't hold any ill will or um, you know upset toward my white castmates who didn't step in to help me because I had that. I I just want to you know put that out into the ether that mm-hmm. you know there is something important about staying in your own lane and about holding space for someone without actually opening your mouth. And I do feel as though my white castmates in that, um, position by not saying anything were still helpful to me. And I Mm -hmm. still felt, um, seen and heard in the entirety of the process from Mm -hmm. them. So I just want to make that.
2: That makes sense. Um, but but I bet you, though, that it's. Is it any comfort at all, though, to know that, like, if somebody's stepping up like that, then, OK, like, I don't need you right now, but you do have my back. You know what I mean? In case in yeah. the event that you might uh, call on their services, you know what I mean? Like, I got this, but oh. you never know what's going to happen in a situation.
3: Yes. Listen, Um. Uh, I I want for everyone that experience that show even people i don't fuck with Mm. i want for everyone that experienced um that time in that house to um i thought that i was acting with like as much grace and kindness as i could have possibly acted with um Mm. i thought that everybody could have you know a meaningful experience now what you do with your body and what you do with your mouth that's you but i feel like i didn't want to push forward any um uncomfortable conversations where a person could feel attacked because i don't think that's what i was doing
2: no i don't think so in that
3: in that space um i listen other people feel differently there are and this is this is when i say things like you know when i said dangerous white woman shit you know -hmm. i mean white ladies have been trying to contact me like oh my god how dare you say that you're the actual racist and i'm just like yo if you're not a dangerous white woman
2: yeah, then what I do you I care? Hit
3: dog will holler. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> People tell on themselves. Uh, Believe them the first yeah, they time. Do.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And
3: that's why. And that's why I have my comments off. Don't tell on yourself to me, baby. <laughs> 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 <It's> like, oh, <laughs> code, yeah, save so yourself
2: from yourself. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know? Yeah.
3: So anyway, um, I just wanted to make that clear. I I just feel yeah. you know I I have so much love and admiration and um respect for my castmates e- 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 even.
2: julie (laughs) i have respect respect for
3: everybody who was on that show and 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 part of having respect for everybody on that show is that i specifically and purposefully um try not to in the aftermath of it in my real private life in my now i don't add to you know the disparaging of another person on that shit because Mm -hmm. you know we all got kids we are all trying to get out here and get by um don't, that's everybody's going to have their 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 second walk through this trauma mm-hmm. and and i don't want to be you know you know because the housewives be in there and they be fighting with each other in the instagram comments and I, I don't, i'm i not doing all that
0: I, Yeah, yeah I yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a different kind of show
2: it is it is well you're a class act through and through
0: you are thank you so much
2: for, for joining us. us and we're going to talk
0: to melissa about the most recent episode on
2: the most recent episode of the real world homecoming.
0: Yes. On Walu.
2: Yes. Watch a, along with the special guest is it's
0: special. continuing over, crossing yeah. over
2: <laughs> with Marilissa. Patreon.com
0: <laughs> slash pot psychology. And you can find uh merchant pipes at my hand okay. while we were, while you guys were talking. That's why I was just like,
2: Oh, yeah, I did notice, but I just felt I st- like keeping I fell the, off. Okay, All right. Well, uh, that's dreams- why I'm here to catch.
0: <laughs> Pipe dreams are fun. And.
3: That's it. Oh, Melissa's podcast is called.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. please.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a podcast, too. It's called Imperfect Strangers, yes. where I'm actually getting to know a stranger. I have a, a weekly conversation on an actual landline with a white lady in Ohio. She's lovely. <laughs> We've been getting to know each other for the past two years.
1: <laughs> Wait, have we you met in person 80- yet?
3: We have not met in person wow. yet. It, it's it's wild. And it's just it's also an experiment in, like, which you guys have experienced, Air um, social nature of the internet, where mm-hmm. she felt mm-hmm. like she knew me, she didn't know me, but now we're getting to know each other as everybody's getting to know her. It's a weird show, but it's also very fun. We have a really super cool um, online community and village of strangers who fuck with us. So if you like listening to people talk and get to know each other and, you know... I mean, it... it the conversations range we've we've had you know deep conversations about miscarriage and then we've had you know funny conversations about the fact that she doesn't wash her chicken before she cooks it so it you know it's <sighs> the, the show contains a multitude um it's imperfect strangers you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts
2: yeah i love that concept that sounds amazing
0: that's it that's i can't it. do anymore okay like well, you have to handle
2: it that's it okay all right bye, bye. <laughs>